reports suggest that demons took over a family in their home. No! Are demon possessions simply a relic from a bygone era? Something that makes for good movies, but is not real? Or is it a reality? Is it possible that there are people out there indwelled by the most evil of spirits? On this episode of The Soul Trap, we talk about one simple frightening thing. Demon possession. Thank you for taking the time and tuning in to The Soul Trap today. I want to encourage you to make sure to go to our YouTube channel, like, subscribe, and share. We want to get as much of the word out about The Soul Trap as we possibly can, and we need your help to do that. So please, if you're not a subscriber, subscribe to The Soul Trap and make sure to share it. You also need to go to thesoultrap.com. There we have news articles. We have uh, different merchandise for you uh, to be able to select from and advertise for us and help us, and that always is a big deal for us. We appreciate it. And then, of course, you can locate our shows and other links that's the soultrap.com and then please do make sure to reach out to us we want to hear from you email us call us we look forward to hearing from you we have always considered it a part of a teamwork uh, on this journey of a search for the truth and so we want you to be with us and be a part of the journey with us we are talking of course today about one of the most uncomfortable subjects that can be talked about especially for a christian and that is the subject of demon possession We know her as Emily Rose. Her real name was Annalise Michelle. She was a young German girl who was born to devout Catholics and who underwent a Catholic exorcism that ultimately led to her death. During a year before she died, she underwent numerous, astronomically numerous amounts of encounters with priests who were convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt that her physical ailment was not simply something that was indeed physical, but that was in fact a symptom of a deeper problem, a spiritual problem. Annalise was diagnosed with epileptic psychosis. She had a history of psychiatric treatment, which ultimately was not effective at all. By the time Annalise was 20, she had become absolutely intolerant to any kind of religious object or religious paraphernalia around her, and she began to hear voices. Her condition worsened. Despite medication and all of the psychological assistance that could be provided, she became suicidal, as well as displaying other symptoms for which medication simply did not help. After taking psychiatric medication for five years, failed to improve her symptoms, Michelle and her family became convinced she was possessed by demons. Her family appealed to the Catholic Church, as all good Catholics would, and they sought for an exorcism, which was not immediately given to her. While it was rejected at first, it, and there was a lot of hesitation, it took quite a bit of pressing, but eventually two priests got permission from the local bishop in 1975 to perform the rites of exorcism. The priests began conducting exorcism sessions, and the parents stopped consulting doctors. Annalise stopped eating and eventually died. It was believed that she died from malnutrition and dehydration. After 67 episodes, 
or sessions of exorcism. Michelle's parents and the two Roman Catholic priests were found guilty, actually, when they were brought up on charges of negligent homicide and were sentenced to six months in jail, reduced to three years of probation. There was a fine, there was jail, there was some news buzz, but the fact of the matter is there was also a dead young lady who her parents and two priests believed all the way up until the point of death that she was possessed of a demon. Was she mentally ill? The movie that was made about her, Emily Rose, suggested she was not. We are Satan, enemy of the faith. Give me a name, demon. Names! Names! The facts in the case suggest she was not. But I ask you the question again. Was it simply an outdated excuse from a bygone era? An excuse that has no place in the modern world to say that Annalise was demon-possessed? You tell me. You tell me if what you're about to hear and what you're about to see was simply a young lady that was psychologically disturbed. Or do the sounds and sights bear witness to a deeper problem? As I stated, the priests believed that she was suffering from demonic possession. On July 1st, 1976, Michelle died in her home. The autopsy report stated that the cause was malnutrition and dehydration due to being in a semi-starvation state for almost a year, almost a year, while the rites of exorcism were being performed. At the moment of her death, her knees had been broken due to continuous genuflections, and she weighed a grand total of 68 pounds. Here is the picture of Annalise, healthy. Here is the picture, possessed. She was unable to move without assistance and was reported to have contracted pneumonia. Again, we ask, is it just a matter of science, medicine that easily explains these events, that are simply events that are simply blown out of proportion? Was she made to be demon-possessed, in a sense, psychologically, when in reality, reality there was nothing more wrong with her than what science and medicine could deal with? Is it easier for us to claim a sort of psychological madness than to believe, to think, to imagine that there is someone or something out there that could take control of another? Can science really explain away all these events? People that have come into contact with the other side and have walked away always say no. It is beyond the explanation of science. Stories abound. They don't always make it to the front page and they don't always dislodge the Joe Biden, Donald Trump theater of absurdity that we see. But there are stories to be found. One such story was in January 2014. A very strange case came up. Police and medical staff document 
a real-life possession. So the story unfolds. Official reports claim that a boy, nine years old, walked backwards up a hospital wall and a police captain was too scared to enter into the family's haunted house. Latoya Ammons moved into a home with her mother and three children in Gary, Indiana in 2011 and started hearing footsteps, noises on the other side of the house, like we have all heard from time to time. Unexplainable noises. Over time, she and her children, aged 12, 9, and 8, believed that at one time or another, became possessed. Their eyes would bulge, they would shake and growl. A clairvoyant brought to the home said the home was haunted by 200 demons. The sons were taken to the hospital after one was inexplicably thrown in the house. While there was a nurse and a CPS worker there, the boy literally crawled backward up a wall. A veteran police chief, as uh, previously mentioned, came to the house but was too afraid to enter the home at night. He would only go during the day with backup. A Catholic priest actually carried out an exorcism, but eventually Latoya and her children moved out. The story goes that a nine-year-old boy walked backward up a wall and a ceiling. As startled medical staff looked on after his mother claimed he and his two siblings had been possessed, the unlikely sounding event was detailed in official documents. Official documents, mind you now, not hearsay, not, uh, not hyperbole, but in official documents after a child services caseworker and a nurse, a nurse both said they saw the boy, quote unquote, glide backwards on the floor, up the wall and to the ceiling. Both were shocked to see the boy apparently float after their mother had been subjected to months of skepticism when she claimed her home in Gary, Indiana was haunted and all three of her children were possessed by demons. Latoya Ammon said her 12-year-old daughter also levitated in the home and all three of her children showed signs of being possessed, evil smiles, unnaturally deep voices, and language and events and occurrences that, well, defy the imagination. Miss Ammon's home was officially exercised by a Catholic priest who said the ceremonies were authorized by the Diocese of Gary. Police also observed strange going on at the house, and a captain of the city's force had said, quote, I am a true believer. That house is haunted. After a string of apparent paranormal events at the house, the hardened police officers, including the local captain, even declared themselves too frightened to stay there after nightfall. Numerous city officials refused to go to the property. Mother of three, Miss Ammon, said she was only rid of the spirits that haunted her family's home in Gary, Indiana, after she moved away and underwent multiple exorcisms. Police actually dug under the house to check for graves. The Indianapolis Star actually got involved. It actually obtained hundreds of pages of official documents and carried out a more, more than a dozen interviews with police. The Department of Child Services, psychologists, relatives, and a priest were all interviewed and researched, trying to uncover the bizarre details, which seemed something like out of a horror movie rather than reality. 
This particular case is a very interesting case because it offers far more tangible proof than we often get in these kind of cases. Most of the time it is experience, it is anecdotal evidence, it is somebody saying something that they felt or something that they believe that they saw. But in this particular case, it is a very unique case because there seems to be, although not emphatically empirical evidence, yet enough tangible evidence, we'll say, to pique the curiosity and to stir the fears. There is, of course, the picture of the cloudy spirit in the window. You can see clearly in this picture something. You tell me what you're seeing. A photographic anomaly, a smudge on the camera or the window, or is that something looking back out at you? Then there is the aforementioned voice that is reportedly heard on the videotape. Listen very closely. It's hard to hear, but listen, and you tell me if you hear the voice of a demon. I'm surprised the fire department hasn't been here. Gary, police captain Charles Austin, told the paper that he had initially been skeptical of the family's claim. But after conducting interviews and visiting the home, he now admits, as I had mentioned earlier, quote-unquote, I am a believer. That 36-year veteran of the Gary, Indiana Police Department had just finished investigating strange occurrences in the house and was in his patrol car talking on the phone when he says something bizarre happened. All of a sudden, while I'm involved in this conversation, the AMFM radio went to static and turned up very loud. And it said, you in there. And the person on the phone say, what the hell was that? And I say, I don't know. What was your reaction? I was in shock. If the chief police, chief of police is not enough evidence for you, is not high enough official for you, then there are the reports of the doctors and the professional workers themselves. Dr. Jeffrey Oyenku, he went with medical staff and child services personnel to meet the children. Upon seeing him, the children began cursing at him in low, gargled, devilish voices, the report stated. During the visit, DCS report said the youngest child was, quote-unquote, from the report now, lifted and thrown into the wall with nobody touching him. The boys were taken to the hospital. Before the incident, someone had called and asked the agency to investigate Ammons for possible child abuse or neglect, speculating that she or one of the children might be suffering from a mental illness, much like our dear, a.k.a. Emily. Washington added in her DS, D, DCS report, which was corroborated by a nurse, that the nine-year-old boy displayed, quote-unquote, a weird grin and then walked backward up a wall to the ceiling. He then flipped over his grandmother and landed on his feet while never letting go of his grandmother's hand. Now, when asked if the boy had walked, maybe up the ceiling in an acrobatic maneuver, something that could be physically possible, she said no. No, it was in fact a slow glide that could not have been performed naturally. Later, Washington went to the home to check on its condition and was joined by three police officers. During the visit, one of the recorders malfunctioned and another recording audio in which a voice was heard whispered, Hey. That's the video, the audio that you just recently heard. 
One of them said, we felt like someone was in the room with us, someone breathing down our necks. You ever felt like that? You're alone, but you're not alone. Safe, but not safe. No one's there, but someone is there. There should be no voice, but you. You hear something. The house in Gary, Indiana now has new tenants, and the landlord said that there have been no further problems at the address. Of the bizarre activity at her former home, Ammon said, quote, When you hear something like this, don't assume it's not real, because I lived it. I know it's real. I guess that's really the question, isn't it? The $64,000 question is, what is the it that that family experienced? So tonight, as you lay your head on your pillow, thank God for his safety and protection. But remember, always remember, there are homes out there where the devil might just be lurking, looking and lurking out of windows, crawling up walls and whispering, whispering in the night to remind you that he is not a figment of medieval imagination, but a reality each of us must be prepared for. Possession. I see you. The Ah, but for uns gibt's kein Zurück.